0: He was fair game because he said... What girls thought he was fair game? Well, everyone did. Okay. Because he made it very clear that he was in a situationship, not a relationship. Good to know. He hasn't labeled you as girlfriend. If you were in a situationship with a guy for eight months... Probably wouldn't be. Okay. Like, that's just not my style. But I respect that you guys are. You clearly don't. Look like at me. You clearly don't because you just have no judgment. Against in, that. I walk in, I walk in. You came here against in. our friendship. You were here for 20 minutes. Yeah, and you're on his body. Oh, Jesus. First we've of been, been doing that this whole time. Okay, Can well guess, guess who has been here? Me. Oh, it's like good. <laughs>
1: Another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Cara Berry, our Bravo episode for the week. You guys, the shows are so good. (laughs) There's too many of them. (laughs) I am begging Bravo to not stack up a lineup like this again. I can't do it. I don't know how the other Bravo podcasters are doing it. But for me, it's difficult, baby. It is difficile. I'm not loving it. But I'm loving the show, so I feel like... I just wish, like, two of you guys could be bad, so I wouldn't have to talk about you. That would really get a load off for me, but... Anyway, hi! I hope you guys are having a good week. We're gonna start off on a good note with Winterhouse. I think maybe the best episode of the season. So, let's talk about it, right? We really get into some drama. Danielle has finally... Well see i can't even say that she gets the hint that alex is intentionally pulling away from her but she definitely knows that something is up right and she says in a confessional something that i wish she would maybe unpack a little bit more which is that she's been like losing the part of herself recently that feels desired and she has been watching wanting more of that which i can understand coming out of that relationship with robert we saw on summer house that she very clearly wanted to take the next steps uh, you know, get engaged or well, she was acting like we don't need to get engaged, but she did want to buy property with him or get a dog or something. But so like clearly she wanted to take those next steps, but she didn't want to say that. And Robert was like, "Yeah, well, I'm just gonna keep in So if you want to hang around and decorate my apartments in Aspen or Hamptons, wherever the fuck, go ahead. While I go play the bear." <laughs> <laughs> you know, wherever. So I, I get that she's feeling, she's coming off of a relationship where she was feeling like very rejected. And also it seems like Robert made it very clear to her that this is not going to work. And that's like a real double whammy. It's like, I'm not going to commit to you. Whatever it is that you want, babe, you're never going to get it. And um also we really need to cut this off. Like I'm not even going to do the are we, aren't we awkward? We're still fucking for too long sort of thing. Like, that's not going to happen. We got to cut this off. And you know what? It's guys like that who... I, I feel like Robert's probably going to be married in like two years. You know? He's that kind of dude, right? <sighs> to the, to a girl who seems like super basic. Like, she's probably very nice. But you know, you know how that shit goes. So I get it. I get where Danielle's coming from, but she's fucking spiraling. <laughs> fucking spiraling. So Brian... And Danielle do have a makeup. They go and take a shot together because, you know, she was kicking his package of Forever 21 goods that his mom shipped to him. So he could have some warm clothes the night before. No, this is actually the, st- the same night. So they have like a makeup shot in the kitchen. And he's like, he ruins it. And I'm using extreme air quotes in this case because Brian is correct. But he should have maybe used some discernment. Maybe this was not the time. So he tells Danielle, do you remember asking me if Alex liked you? Because like, I think that might actually be the thing that's triggering you. And then Danielle's like, oh, my God, why would you bring that up? Like, it's really not that deep. Like, Girl, yes, it is. You threatened this man with a knife like two days ago. So it is that deep. It's real deep. Sam is going to come to the house. Our... Summerhouse laryngitis girl. If you guys have not heard my theory on laryngitis girls, eh, I'm not gonna make you guys search through it. I'll just give you a quick refresher. <laughs> Basically, I think there are these type of women on reality TV called a laryngitis girl. Like think in your mind of the manic pixie dream girl. She is the offshoot of that. Tinsley Mortimer, okay, um, Maddie from Southern Hospitality, which I will be recapping on Mondays. That, that will be on the Monday spot. Um, Tinsley, a retired laryngitis girl. Vicki Gunvalson, a laryngitis girl. All women who love really hard. They're always yelling and they never quite get it right. Catherine Dennis of Southern Charm, also a laryngitis girl. Ashley, Thomas's next girlfriend from Southern Charm, double laryngitis girl, a rare thing. Um, Sam is a laryngitis girl. So she comes to the house the next day and, or she's going to, right? So Kyle asks Corey, like, yo, is this going to be the trip where you guys become official? And he's like, no, definitely not. No, definitely not. Jordan is still frustrated with Danielle for Danielle approaching her and telling her that she's low energy and she probably thinks that's because jordan doesn't have a man to flirt with so jordan's kind of venting to malia and she says girl if i am defining my fun by getting the attention of a man like fucking kill me just bury me and then jordan says in a confessional daniel had the nerve to say i don't have the attention of any males but that's because i rejected half of them in the house including your man If I wanted him, he would have been mine. So you're welcome. (laughs) So Danielle, I guess, orders food for the house, right? But then she goes and, like, eats by herself, like, dork at the cafeteria style. So Malia does go to follow her and ask her, like, are you good? Like, what's going on, girl? Danielle doesn't want to have anything to do with Alex at this point. They're like oil and water. Alex is all over Jordan. She tells her, she's like, I just want to go to bed So we hear her like walking down the hallway, calling everybody fucking idiots and then going to bed. Great. Alex is the happiest he's been. He's jumping into his bed like he's fucking Richie Rich. Like, oh, I cannot wait. He's waking up bright eyed and bushy tailed the next morning, making the bed for Schwartz. The person he really wanted to share every night with in the winter house. (laughs) He is so happy to be away from Danielle He says in a confessional, the situation with Danielle has become volatile at this point. Like, if she would just not be angry for the rest of this trip, it it would be great. But as far as us, not happening anymore. It's not working out. So the next morning, Danielle, again, is acting like she doesn't remember. Or she is pretending like she doesn't remember what happened she's, like, acting like she doesn't think she did anything. I really think she's trying to, like, nice her way out of this. She says, I don't think anything I did was so wrong, but, like, obviously I was pissed off to a point where I couldn't have fun, and that's the definition of defeat. I don't know if that's the word I would use for it, but sure. I will say I do have to give her credit, though, because I did make a big stink about her earlier this season walking into a disgusting kitchen pushing aside a bunch of trash and putting her laptop down and treating herself to a morning beer but she did clean the kitchen this time so i i that was good but she did say it was because sam was coming we know Corey wasn't gonna do it so there you go you're welcome sam so brian does check in on danielle and she apologizes for fucking with him she's like ah, you know it wasn't really that big a deal they're like yeah (laughs) okay well that's fine danielle Alex is now actively avoiding Danielle. Like he sees her on one point of the kitchen and he's like walking a half circle <laughs> around her ways that he does not need to go making a path much more difficult for himself to not even be in her orbit. If he can, it- it's not great. Like every it's obvious Sam arrives. She says she knows nothing. Apparently. Apparently she knows nothing about Casey calling her trash. She knows nothing about Jordan having feelings for Corey in the beginning. But she says, I was definitely, Jordan says this in a confessional. I was definitely gunning for your man, girl. I didn't know that was your man. And it kind of seemed like maybe Corey didn't know that either, though, to be fair. Also, somebody had submitted a blind item to Bravo and Cocktail's Instagram like a week before Sam gets there saying that Millie and Corey are vibing big time. Someone else is also into him, though. We're introduced to this blind item by Danielle saying in a confessional that maybe the people in Steamboat Springs are a little chattier than they thought. How would they know about Jordan being into Corey? Ah, I think maybe somebody in production sent that in. And thank you. Thank you, by the way. This is one title that, that I will allow it it's moving a storyline along Sam gets there dressed like a bumblebee she immediately like koala bears into Corey's arms you know like the wrapping the legs around the waist which is like true laryngitis girl behavior like marking my territory like ah! Sc- scry- screaming usually Uh, u- like crying remember that time where Scott surprised <laughs> Tinsley in that hotel that she was staying in the Marmara Um, you know because she would film there because she didn't actually live in New York And she just like opened the door and dissolved into a puddle of tears. Head in her hands, like, "Ah!" like having a hard time breathing. (laughs) It's just a surprise, babe. You're on camera. Who did you think was going to come over? What did you think they were filming for? (laughs) I love Tinsley. God bless her. I hope she's having the best time with her man. And their kids down in Augusta, Georgia. I really do. I'm happy for her. Scott was a fucking weirdo, you know? Let's all acknowledge that. A real weirdo of a man who seemed to really want to be in the spotlight and use the whole cast for his little coupon cabin commercials. He had no problem putting Dorinda and Carol in them, you know? But then he wanted to take Tinsley away from everything and act like you know, you're my little princess in the castle. That guy was weird. This is like very old news. Ooh, I have like, ooh. I have like good rony news and like really dark rony news. So dark that I don't know if I should like talk about the, the darkness. It's bad. I feel like I, I have to now. I guess we'll start with the bad. So if you guys remember on Bethany Ever After, I think it was season two where she gets like her big baller millionaire apartment. She hires a mother-daughter decor team. And just like, gosh, maybe like a month ago, um, the daughter passed away. But they found her in her apartment. I guess she, God bless her, she died of like the effects of alcoholism apparently. <sighs> yeah, she had a dog. And, and the dog had to survive. I will say that. The dog had to eat something. And the dog ate something. Can you imagine? I didn't even know that was like a thing. I thought that was like one of those things where like people just tell stories like that, but it doesn't actually happen. But it actually happened. R.I.P. to her for real. That's very dark. On a good note, though, Adam, Carol's boyfriend, ex-boyfriend, rather, had a baby. (laughs) So there's that. (laughs) Let's move on. (laughs) So, um, remember how Casey had told Jordan that her girlfriends that she, her mutuals with Sam all think that she's like basic New Jersey trash. She and Casey, when she walks in, they're like a bead of honey, right yeah. <laughs> um that basically like they're clicking, they're acting like they oh my God, I can't believe we've never met each other. We've got all these friends in common like blah, blah blah, it's very tense. Corey had sworn up and down that he did not tell Sam, but she's acting in a way that it seems like maybe she does. That's all I'll say. Casey does seem to be genuinely, like, regretful of what she says. Like, it was actually trashy of me to call her trashy. Like, I'm kind of sweating right now, not loving it. So these two girls are just like, oh, my God, you're so cool. No, you're so cool. I wasn't expecting you to be this great. Me either. Oh, my God, you're great. It's, It's a lot. It's a lot. The first thing that Corey says when he gets Sam alone in their bedroom, she's all up on him. Oh, yeah, these girls are, like, all up on me. They were all trying to get with me, blah, blah, blah. Like, they were trying to scope out how flexible our relationship was. So, like, they were all trying to get up on me. And she's like, oh, my God, babe, like, (laughs) I'm not surprised. (laughs) I mean, girl, stand up. (laughs) I'm trying to be patient because, you know, like, I was a dumbass until about three weeks ago. So, you know... Who are me to judge, but it's like, girl, at some point, we at, we gotta, the signs are so clear to me, I just wanna, like, look her in the mirror, and be like, really, really think this through, Samantha. He doesn't seem to be into you, and he's openly transphobic. Like, what? Anyway, Shorts comes back a day after filming the Vanderpump Rules reunion, and he's telling everybody kind of how it went, that Ariana went scorched earth, it's, Sandoval crashed at his place that night. They had a beer. I'm like, yeah, I'm sure. And how much Molly? And the, Sandoval apologized to him for, like, putting him through stuff, and he thought that was sweet. Oh, well, great, Schwartz. <laughs> cool. So Casey's like, no, really, Schwartz, do you think that Sandoval and Rachel are really going to be together? And he's like, I fucking hope so. <laughs> like, hello. I They better. This better be the greatest love story of all time. Then he says, like, as far as he went he only got shit on a little bit of course he threw katie under the bus on that one she's like yeah she divorced your ass because you were a loser but sure she roasted you everybody goes moon biking outside but malia and Corey are like in a multi-round wrestling challenge in the snow sam is just staring daggers like really trying to keep it cool it's not working amanda's about to leave she's leaving the next day But she's kind of checking in with Danielle and it's like, you know, how are you feeling? And Danielle says, well, it was strange because I was cohabitating with Alex and now he's nowhere to be found. Babe, if you're saying, if you're using the term cohabitating, you're cohabitating with everybody because you're in a share house. But to be like that specific. First of all, you were making him sleep with you. This was like not something that he did of his own volition. You're going to unfortunately have to see that back and that's going to be a burn. And I feel for you on that one. That being said, if you're using the term cohabitating, like, this has already gone too far for you emotionally. You know what I mean? It's it's not great. So Amanda's like, okay, well, what's the goal? Right? And Danielle says, well, friends with benefits. You know, and opportunities for later on. That's not what you guys agreed on. I don't think that Alex is handling this particularly well. But Danielle is... not <laughs> Danielle, (laughs) I want better for her. I want, what really needs to happen next season of Winter House is that Lindsay and Danielle need to be single together. Because I think they're just stronger together than they are whatever's been happening the last couple years. I'll just say that. So then we get Alex's kind of situation. He's asking Tom what's going on with him and Floody. I don't know. Schwartz is acting like the two days that he was gone was like all the progress he had done leading up to leaving is now gone. And he's like messing up again. They're barely, they've barely spoken since he's gotten back. Cause he's basically just ignoring her. Corey and Malia keep wrestling. Like I said, Jordan saying in a confessional, the chemistry between them is truly undeniable. Like to be displaying that chemistry, however, in front of Sam, It's kind of reckless, because y'all might be brother or sister in this timeline, but there's definitely another timeline where that's a different story. (laughs) I don't know if that's necessarily fair to be, like, timeline hopping and accusing people of things. Feels like a little time police, but I, I do, I don't disagree. I don't. Everybody heads back to the house. Sam's kind of whispering to Danielle, Oh, your gal pal better stop touching on my man. Like, it's just reading a little desperate. And then Danielle and... Sam go to talk to Amanda about it and Sam's like yeah like I definitely don't care it does not bother me at all I'm not mad I could not care less 0% right but Corey did tell me that all the girls are all over him so anyway I'm gonna go change so then Kyle Amanda and Daniela are all just standing there like I don't really know what Sam's upset about she seems very fired up even though she's just claiming several times that she was not And um, it's just giving. We don't see what she's seeing. We don't understand why she's so upset. Amanda pulls the I'm a wife card again for whatever reason. But the point is, they're like, Malia's not doing anything. If she's flirting, then I've been flirting with everybody too. So I don't know. It seems like she's got a personal problem. So then Danielle decides to be a real chatty patty. It's like, okay, well, I'm going to go tell Malia that Sam's upset. Malia just rolls her eyes. She's like, listen, I don't know. Malia's excuse is that she's um, only grown up with brothers. I don't know. I didn't grow up with brothers. So is that like, could you use that in a court of law? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But if three people who have not even spoken to Malia all don't think that this is a thing, I think we kind of have to listen to that, I would say. So finally, Danielle takes, or Alex rather, takes Danielle aside for a little one-on-one talk about the state of the union, right? So Danielle tells Alex, like, from her perspective, he was just being standoffish, and he's like, okay, and that made you angry? (laughs) She says, well, I was frustrated because we were in a good place, and I just felt like we went backwards. And Alex says, well, the thing is that every time I talk to you, we seem fine, and then all of a sudden, there's some giant thing that happens. And Danielle's like, well, this is just supposed to be vacation fun. And Alex is like, you're right. But if that were the case, then there wouldn't be all this emotion. Like, I don't want that. So (laughs) I, I fear he really ate this whole conversation down. Like, he was cool as a cucumber. It's hard. It's hard to watch. It's hard to watch. Because then Danielle says, it feels like you're really trying to have a teachable moment with me right now. And I'm like, good on that. And Alex goes, I most certainly am not. You're almost 10 years older than me. There's nothing I can really teach you. (laughs) Ooh, (laughs) Help us all. Help us all. So Danielle's like, okay, well, how about we just say that we're friends with a bunch of amazing benefits and I would like to keep it that way. And Alex is like, completely. I think we should just focus on being friends. So Danielle's like, uh huh, cool. Well, cheers. And then she gets up and like walks away very quickly. <laughs> oh, see? Th- these emotions wouldn't be happening if you were just staying true to the vacation fun that you said like 30 seconds ago. Honey, we all have our time, you know? I feel for her. Afterward, Kyle takes Danielle into his bedroom and is like, girl, what's tea? Right? <laughs> And she's like, listen, basically, she's just frustrated because she's still attracted to Alex. Like, she still wants to bang him. She just also wants him to shut the fuck up. So then Kyle's like, okay, well, do you think that now that this is over that Alex might try to go for Jordan since he's been saying this entire time that that's the girl that he was really attracted to? And he's been also been showing that in his actions. And Danielle just, this is where she loses me. She's like, yeah, you know, as soon as we're not speaking, he's always around her, talking to her. So, yeah, if that's what they both want, do it. If you want to see me angry, you're welcome to try it. Meanwhile, Alex is grabbing Jordan. Like, do you have a minute to talk? And he says, I just had to friend somebody. I don't know why Jordan asked who, but whatever. (laughs) So he's like, listen, I told her I didn't feel like continuing. She's being a little salty about it. Jordan's like, girl... Alex, all you can do is tell your truth, right? You're not responsible for how anybody reacts. This was just supposed to be a two-week thing. You weren't planning on indulging after that, so it's kind of like the end result is still the same, right? You're just doing a little bit earlier. So the house decides to have a roast dinner. Like, they're literally eating roast and also roasting each other. It's not good. (laughs) It's not great. (laughs) I'll I'll just get you through the highlights, okay? The Malia says, Sam. Welcome to the house. I know it's been a lot to tackle in reference to her tackling her man all afternoon. Sam really tries to be cool. She's like, ah, you're the one who's tackling. That's that's funny that she said that because you're actually the one who's tackling. And Lily's like, yeah, that was my point. I'm glad you caught it. <laughs> so Brian says, Cory, <laughs> Corey, your jewelry is so fake. You probably picked it up the same street you picked Sam up on. Damn. Damn. Schwartz had a pretty good one about how Alex was voted, like, good-looking, best eyes, or whatever. And then he is I can't remember the rest, but you could just ask his mom because he was homeschooled. That was a pretty good one. It was a pretty good one for Schwartzy. Alex tells Danielle that her snoring sounds like putting a fork in a garbage disposal. And then he just goes, boom, roasted. (laughs) So then Danielle has got the battery in her back, right? You know? Alex, at first I looked up to your Jesus looks, but instead of turning water into wine, you just started to whine to me, about me, to all of you, all of you here, right? And now he wants to be friends, and I actually think that that's the biggest joke of the entire roast, so.
0: (laughs) Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long.
1: Oh, Lord. At the end of the episode, Malia goes up to Sam, and she, like, asked her to speak one-on-one. Corey is, like, sweating. Like, he's trying to see and hear as much as he possibly can with those big-ass transphobic ears. So Malia says, you know, earlier today you saw Corey and I in full effect, and that seems to have rubbed you the wrong way. Like, you came in really hot towards me when you actually don't know me. Sam goes, Well, before I got here, the internet was like, Oh, Malia and Corey are flirting all over each other, so I'm like coming into this house. Malia goes, Yeah, okay, it's intimidating. And Sam goes, No, I'm not intimidated. I I will say that when I saw you guys tackling, I was like, Oh, it's not just internet bullshit, it's actually happening. It got weirder. Danielle says she noticed it too, and then Corey told me that every girl has been all up on me. And Malia goes, yeah, well, because the girls thought he was fair game because he said he was. And Sam goes, well, which girls? Emily goes, everyone, because he made it clear that he was in a situationship, not a relationship. And Sam just says, well, good to know. Good to know. <laughs> so Malia tells her, yeah, he has not labeled you his girlfriend. So Sam says, and she really thought she ate this. If you were in a situationship with a guy for eight months... Malia goes, well, I probably wouldn't be. Like, that's just not my style. But I respect that you guys are. And Sam goes, you clearly don't. Look at me. You clearly don't because I walk in. And then Malia says, you were going hard on me after being here for like 20 minutes. And Sam goes, yeah, because you were all on his body. <laughs> to which Malia says, well, "Yeah, well, we've been doing that the whole time. And Sam goes, yeah, well, guess who hasn't fucking been here? Me. So, what does that mean, Sam? <laughs> You've been flirting, well, that's just because I haven't been here. Okay. <laughs> that shouldn't be the only thing. This should, it, you know. <sighs> Let's move on. <laughs> you need to be accountable. Well, because... What you do you want to do? You want to beat me up or something? You what love you love wanna you do you want to do? Hold me accountable, I'm here, I'm no, here. I want you to hold I'm yourself here. accountable. Hold, you me accountable. Hold, hold me accountable. Me you lied the entire year, but you asked to do? all of us to do? be Why? accountable. I you know what? This outfit reminds me of those women in a polygamy camp.
0: And they're going to stand up for their man. only thing Robin was missing was her bonnet.
1: Juan is a good man. You just don't know.
0: Let's me! Lish let me! Ask me anything about Juan! You the whole world know about Juan! We don't need to ask you about Juan! Well, <laughs> set your ass down and get a bonnet!
1: Okay, you guys, you're going to have to forgive me. <laughs> I do not have time today to complete a thorough recap of Potomac, Miami, Beverly Hills, and what's the other one? Salt Lake. (laughs) So I'm just going to share like my very, very brief thoughts on Beverly Hills before we get into Potomac. And then I'm going to talk about the other two on Monday, maybe. I haven't even watched that Lake City yet, so maybe it's good, maybe it isn't. I know about the Monica stuff, but I, I want to see the whole thing play out, so we'll have to talk about that on Monday. With that being said, my very brief thoughts on Beverly Hills from the bits that I can remember and that jump out to me. Um, I told you guys, like a couple episodes ago, that I think we haven't really factored in kyle's losing her best friend Lorreen to suicide and how much that may have been affecting her her life her interactions with people the changes that she made in her life and all of it right and where does mauricio fall into that when he's flying here there and everywhere um she did post about this on instagram stories but she did kind of come to mauricio's defense and say Yes, all of those things are true. I was dealing with the death of a friend. I was dealing with, like, this, that, and the other. But I will say that Mauricio was supportive of me in my time of need. So, we'll see. Um. Uh, what else happened? Oh, you know, but to add actually onto that, I do think it's weird that, like, none of the cast seems to want to address that or seem to understand or it doesn't seem to be present in any of their minds that this might be factoring into her behavior, um, which is odd, which is odd. That being said, I mean, I do give Kyle grace in that completely for sure. I do find it also hypocritical and frustrating to watch her, Kyle, who has admitted to herself having struggles with food and, you know, disordered eating and, All of that would be very gleefully happy to throw Sutton under the bus and talk about whether or not or really deeply hint that she might have a an eating disorder in a way that's like (laughs) sort of like a gotcha, I guess. Like she's trying to shadily justify Sutton acting strange by like talking about or putting it out there that she might have an eating disorder or she might, you know, keep vodka in her purse or whatever the hell. And I just think that that's like really wild behavior. And I'm going to put Dorit, uh, you know, her little toes to the fire on this one as well. Cause she's very happy to film a scene with Kyle about this. this is what, like the second or third time that we've seen them have this conversation talking about Sutton sobriety and now her eating her esophagus, whatever. Third thing, I mean, Anne-Marie, going on the world stage to tell everybody that her weird-ass husband loves her, married her, wants to be in a lifetime partnership with her because he views her as an eight-and-a-half across the board. We're talking looks, personality, all that sort of stuff. And then she's, like, very smugly, goes, well, he did say it was a a nine-and-a-half in looks. (laughs) And like I just wonder if she had run that past anybody and did you see their reaction when you proudly proclaimed that your husband thinks that you're an eight and a half like in every direction. I, I that's wild. <laughs> that's a wild thing for a man to say to a woman. But that's your problem, Anne-Marie, because I've already mentioned why I can't and I refuse to with you, okay? Also, you being a soldier for Christ with Kyle was just like, really? (laughs) Girl, do something else. Um, So her also bringing up Sutton's diagnosis, calling into question her esophagus can't have an issue, whatever. I've heard a lot of people talk about this, people in the medical field, people who have this condition, say that it's like, I I think maybe dysphagia or something like that, and that's a very real thing. The gabapentin that she's taking does not interact with alcohol. Um, It does say maybe try to, you know, test the waters first when you're first beginning it, but other than that, you should be fine. So... Her what, trying to have her little moment by being like, I am confident of what your medical diagnosis is. I know everything. You're a liar. Your doctor is a liar. <laughs> like, you don't have what you're saying you're having or what your claim you're having doesn't align with the symptoms. And you're actually like, that esophageal symptom is actually only a symptom of other things. So you must have something else. And, you know... <laughs> Sutton being like, okay, do we all want to go to the doctor and watch me open up my esophagus? Like, what do you want from me, girl? And then they act like Sutton's weird, and she is, but this is weird, er, and I don't like it. And I don't, I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Um, what happened? Erica got her residency in Vegas. Let's celebrate that. Carcel's, um, son, the one that doesn't think that he needs to be parented or excuse me the one who feels like he still wants to be parented um goes on a date with garcelle and his girlfriend very cute super cute girl no comment beyond seems like every time garcelle goes to a restaurant with one of those kids they're like i'm gonna order the tomahawk steak (laughs) The Wagyu steak, the finest filet that you've got in the back. I, a 15-year-old, am going to have that. And you could see on Garcelle's face that she just, like, kills her a little bit on the inside that they do that. (laughs) And I do appreciate that. But let's move on to talk about this week's Potomac, shall we? I don't want to talk about this Nigeria stuff. I, I really don't. Like, I've got the notes and I'm just like, I don't want to. I don't want to talk about, because I think largely a lot of this is like Ashley shit stirring and wanting to act like now all of this lies on Wendy's hands. And I just don't, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm just not rocking with that logic. I don't rock with the idea of like the green eyed bandits and Ashley taking NECA's word for it just offhandedly. And being like, well now we know Nigerian culture and this is how it is. So Wendy, you're a liar. Like I just I think it's weird. Wendy does accuse Lebe of smoking crack at some point, so you know, that I think that should be addressed. Giselle saying, nobody smokes crack anymore. This is the kind of stuff that makes this show great. And I wish we could just have more of these moments, right? Karen is trying her best as the producer of the show to get everybody to film together can we stop this hatred of people and icing people out let's go to dinner enough is enough we all need to communicate as a group ladies this is how our checks are written and signed thank you karen thank you karen candace does check in on NECA after they decide to break the tension by dancing to formation by the pool um Wendy goes up to both of them and is like, "Uh, Candace, please keep my name out of your mouth when you're talking to NECA, please, okay? And Candace is like, okay. She does say, I hear her. I'm not gonna, like, shake in my boots because they don't get along, but I, you know, understood, right? So the ladies go to dinner. (laughs) Karen, while they're ordering, says that she's too tired to chew, which leads us to an unfortunate conversation Wendy asking us, who the table swallows? Robin is the first one whose hands sh- shoots up. I'm not saying that I'm disgusted by this because of the topic of conversation. I'm happy to talk about some freak shit over some, you know, rock shrimp. I'm happy to do it. I love giggling with the girls. That being said, I just, ugh, ugh. Well, Karen does say, given the headlines, Robin, I wouldn't be swallowing it. You don't know what's what's in that liquid. <laughs> um, Neca also says she does swallow. Mia does not. Thank God, don't need the visual, because what we hear is worse enough. Candy, Candy Gal asks if anybody catches it in their mouth, and so she would actually rather be peed on. Says, pee on me, please, which seems like something that she very much wants frequently. So Mia asks Robin more about the swallowing. Are you swallowing because you love one? Is it a part of being intimate? Like, what's the deal? And the, Robin's like, yeah, it's just like a part of our intimacy. It brings us closer. Which I have I, always been wondering about. I did ask a gentleman about that once. And he said basically the same thing, that it's like an intimacy thing. But for me, like, in my logical brain, I'm thinking, hello, party's over. So... Like, you're not about to come again just because I swallowed. You just did. So why am I... Why would I do that? You know? Like, I know it's not going to get you off. And, and speaking of things, like... I, Don't Shep me. Okay, <laughs> y'all. I have not finished the last episode of Southern Charm yet, but Shep really needs to get his shit together. He is such a fucking hater. He... Ugh, like it kills him to his core... That Craig has now gone from kid from Delaware who wears, uh, you know, button downs that are too big for him and is actively lying about, uh, you know, graduating from law school (laughs) to, you know, successful pillow magnet, repeat offender on Bravo, man in a seemingly healthy relationship or certainly a significantly healthier relationship than Shep has ever had Uh, certainly certainly that so (laughs) in this scene they're in Jamaica at this point and they're playing like some parlor games in the sprinter somebody asks JT or they ask Taylor who is Shep's ex-girlfriend no excuse me they ask Shep if somebody, if you were going to warn the next woman that JT dates, what would you tell this woman? JT's a new castmate. He's very small and very wily. We'll just put it that way. Short, it can't say short king. He's not a king. He is short though. Shep says, I would tell the girl to not wear heels, right? Just a lighthearted ribbing, right? Everybody's laughing. It's chill. So then Craig, the messy bitch that he is, goes, Taylor ex-girlfriend of Shep, what would you warn the next woman who uh, dates Shep? And she says, well, get used to not getting off. And everybody's like, damn. Shep reacts as though this notion that he would ever make a woman, or even put the effort into making a woman have an orgasm is ridiculous. He's screaming like... (laughs) wild like veins popping out of his neck screaming why would I bother doing that (laughs) as long as I get off like why would I put all the effort into that like actually incredulous like no, your response should be humiliated at your big age that you can't make a woman come I think she said that she's come like came like three times in in the course of their relationship which begs the question of why you wanted to marry this man, girl? You're quite too young to be not having orgasms. Like, watch Sister Wives. Christine left at 50, okay? Anyway, he should be embarrassed, but he's not. He's actually like, you guys, this is really stupid. Like, like they presented him with a ludicrous idea that he wouldn't possibly ever... <laughs> Like, and I knew, like, I know you guys are all thinking, yeah, Kara, obviously Chef doesn't know how to make a woman come, but it was just the, the, the aggressiveness to which he was like, what? Why would I do that? Like, <laughs> it was truly a sight to behold. Okay, I, I, I have to admit that I told that anecdote because of the fact that I really don't want to talk about how Oh, God. Okay, so, like, NECA and Robin are the swallowers, right? And so they're kind of, like, connecting with each other. And they're like, well, what are you supposed to do with it? Like, if you're in the moment and you have nuts in your mouth, like, what else are you supposed to do? And Ashley goes, no, you wait until he falls asleep. To which everybody is like, Ashley, that is way worse. That's so much worse. And now, you know, the visual in my mind is that bald-headed, Banshee, just nutting off into that poor woman's mouth and then just immediately falling asleep, hopefully. Hopefully, the only good situation to that is if Michael falls asleep within 2.5 seconds max after nutting in her mouth. Other than that, (laughs) you just sit there, you just let that man's (laughs) burn your taste buds, like... (laughs) Ugh. Ugh. I mean, you know, at least with Luke, it was probably maple flavored, you know? Jesus. Anyway, Candace and Robin are kind of kicking it in Candace's or Robin's uh, suite after they all get back from dinner, which is sort of weird because they're not talking right now. Robin is still feeling very much some type of way because Candace went on Twitter to say last season, um, bitch, you were hiding this secret. And letting my husband hang out to dry on TV, knowing that your husband-to-be, at the time, was uh, talking to some chick in Canada and paying for her hotel bill. So now Robin's mad at Candace, which is like, uh, I get it, but I don't. (laughs) You know? I get it, but I don't. So now they're, like, hanging in the suite together. It's awkward. But Candace says to her, you know, like... Tomorrow, let's have a one-on-one conversation. Ashley has everybody come over to her suite the following day to tell them, Hey, girls, we're having brunch. Get yourself a very thick slice of French toast, which really, like, oh, I love French toast. But it's one of those things where I have to keep myself away from it, like Cinnamon Toast Crunch. I, like, because I know myself. And you would have found me in a in a pool, a puddle of cinnamon and sugar crystals. If I like, because I haven't had cinnamon toast crunch in years because I know myself and so that's kind of how I feel about french toast like I can only have it twice maybe three times a year and I think na- uh, Christmas Day might be my time I love french toast ugh ugh okay <laughs> the spirit of doctor now from my 600 pound life is looking over my shoulder saying girl make wiser decisions <laughs> and I feel him I feel him stop talking about french toast that you're gonna eat a week from now during a podcast. Okay, anyway. So, the French toast looked good, though. Ladies, have some French toast. Have some avocado toast. Rip out your labia menora. I have some tiny little magnifying mirrors. We're going to look at our pussies and paint them on these easels here. To which Karen says, absolutely not. <laughs> no. <laughs> Ashley does tell her... You can do, like, just an interpretation. If you want to draw a flower, that's fine. You don't have to be, like, literal. But then she also tells them, you guys have all seen each other's coochies. Why are you being shy now? Which is a fair enough question. Candace um, does say in a confessional that some of the women in the group have been out here engaging in concubine foolishness. And so if they're going to be doing any sort of drawings or interpretation of their coochies, they might need to draw roast beef. We're, we're going to move on. We're going to move on. Karen calls Robin out instead of painting for only talking to select people in this group and therefore dividing them to which Robin says that I only speak to the people who reach out and ask me if I'm okay. Then Candace checks her and says, but when I reached out to you, you ignored me. Apparently this was two days after Juan got fired. The text message being whatever else aside, I'm sorry, this is happening to you. I'm sorry. This is happening to your family. So Robin says, are you kidding me? You trashed me on social media, and I've gone through torture. And Candace is like, so have I. Karen backs Candace up and says, that is true because of you, Robin, hiding your truth. So then Robin goes into what I call flying squirrel mode, because she's wearing this, um, you know, I don't don't know. They're like kind of, kind of hippie jumpsuits, because they're like a little bit more flouncy, and the fabric's soft, and so when you open up and do like a wide you know snow angel but standing up (laughs) with your arms in the air she looked like a flying squirrel to me that's all that's all i'm saying but robin also does this corny shit of every time she gets called out this happens at least once a season she stands up and is like oh okay guys just come for me what do you want me to do hold me accountable guys i'm here i'm here hold me accountable what do you want me to do what do you guys want me to do (laughs) karen says in a confessional this outfit Robin's wearing reminds me of those women in polygamy, you know, that, that'll stand up for their man. The only thing that Robin was missing, and then she actually pulls out in a confessional, a bonnet. The only thing Robin was missing was her bonnet. And then Kara puts a bonnet on. <laughs> it's giving Truly Handmaid's Tale, that bright white Handmaid's Tale one. Uh, Juan is a good man. You just don't know, you guys. Girl, the whole world knows about Juan. We don't have to ask you about Juan. Sit your ass down and get a bonnet. <laughs> Oh my God! The pie, the bonnet. She must have talked to Heather about them uh, going to churn butter. She's one thing away. She's she took everything from that event. After that, Karen calls out Robin for not telling the story on the show, basically, but selling it on she and Giselle's Patreon for five ninety nine. And Mia goes, "We'll just buy it then." <laughs> And Giselle goes, it actually was only $5. And this is why the show is great. It really is. So Wendy asks, why, Robin, did you not use that moment last season to connect with Candace by being like, hey, we're both going through similar situations? Robin's excuse was that the girl, the Canadian girl, DM'd her first. She didn't respond. Because she doesn't check her messages. We'll, we'll put a pin in that. She says, I didn't respond to that girl because I don't check my messages. So then the girl DMs Giselle. Giselle says, and you guys, just because you didn't see a conversation between me and Robin happen doesn't mean it didn't. To which Karen goes, bullshit. <laughs> so Karen says, Robin, is there no part of you that wants to know what Juan and that woman were talking about? To which Robin says... No! Like, Juan cleans out his phone like crazy. He deletes everything, so he didn't even have the messages with her. When he's just eating a piece of turkey bacon, like, oh, girl. Like, come on. Then Robin says that Juan doesn't save his messages, he doesn't save the contacts, so random coaches will call him. He doesn't know who they are, because he doesn't save their numbers in his phone. <sighs> That's... <it>. Robin... <laughs> you can be a La Robin and I know many of you are but can you point to one time this season where anything she has said in an attempt to justify Juan's behavior has made a lick of sense that only makes him sound worse <laughs> I want better for a Robin and I want better, I, more than that, I want better for the La Robins cause y'all are out here fighting for your lives and it just doesn't seem fair I want to hand you some water. I want to hand you a little towel so you can wipe the sweat off your brow. It's hard out here for y'all. I see you. So after that, Robin claims that she doesn't read the DMs of Thirst Buckets. And so that's why she didn't communicate with that woman on her own. Okay. Okay. A girl reached out to you. She said she's got receipts. She literally has receipts. Juan's... Let's assume that you asked Juan, what's up, sir? And he said, well, I just delete my messages all the time. Like, I just don't have them. Sorry.
0: Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-Free Listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to Amazon.com newsadfree news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.
1: (laughs) And, And your response to that is the girl is thirsty and not that your man is sketchy. Okay, Giselle says, listen, in Robin's defense, there is a thing called trust between partners, but couldn't be me. I'd be looking all in and through, and I'm with you, Giselle. So then Ashley says, well, okay, you guys, the activity that we had today has been... Ruined. Would have been fun and nice, but y'all took up the whole damn morning. So um, I guess we'll just move on to activity number two. Half of us are going to the distillery and half of us are going to a cowboy boot shop. So she makes everybody pick out of a hat where they're going. Robin gets all upset because she gets has to go with Karen. So Candace does do the nice thing by switching with her so they can go. So Karen, Mia, Wendy, and Candace go to the distillery and we they really have to work out what premise of a distillery is because the guy goes through the whole introduction about how this is for whiskey gin that's their specialty thank you so much can i have a beer please we don't serve beer okay mia um do you guys have wine no we only serve whiskey and gin we're not a brewery not a winery we're a distillery thank you So now Mia can't drink because, you know, they don't sell gin at the store in D.C., I don't think. So technically, that wouldn't be a nutritious item, according to the rules of Mia. And her alcohol is, or let me not say that, (laughs) her journey with alcohol. I don't think she's an alcoholic. I really don't. So while those three are doing their little distillery tasting, everybody spots a crow sitting on a fence. And Mia goes to Wendy and says, is that your mama? (laughs) Wendy says don't do that don't do that so Mia's like no 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 I'm kidding but can you clear up what's going on with the shrine and all that Wendy says basically what I thought I will say that maybe Wendy should have addressed this in this way in front of everybody earlier and maybe this would have not been something that we had to continue to talk about but I also am not going to blame Wendy wholly because she's not the one who brought this to the table we can blame Ashley um, Wendy's mama and Neca. And that's all I'm going to do, okay? That's it. And Facebook, I guess. (laughs) If If we want to bring Facebook into it. So, basically, Wendy says what has been presented to the group has been very dubious. And that when you bring up shrines, it's open to interpretation. It leads people to believe that there's some witchy, creepy shit going on, but Catholic people have shrines to a bunch of different saints. It's not that big of a deal it's not a negative thing but now this whole thing between she and Neck has turned into this nigerian witchcraft thing which is one triggering for her as a immigrant living in america two she don't play about her mama she's like candy to the bullshit like dope, not don't play about my mama. you can you can tweet you can do whatever you want but that's my mama and i love her. <laughs> i love that video of candy i really do <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, she's like, listen, I was raised by a single mother. She did the best she could. She was, you know, she worked two jobs. She loved her kids. She never stopped. She is, you know, gentle hands in the heart of a fighter. My mom is a survivor and I don't play about her. And so that's it. Like y'all are making up all these fairy tales and fallacies. I don't like it. Okay. My mom is a woman of Christ. Okay. So Mia's like, all right, cool. Don't need to explain anything further. I'm just going to leave it alone. So then at the boot shopping, nothing really happens, really. Robin is just, like, feeling some type of way. She's like, I don't understand why the ladies are coming for me. And Giselle's backing her up and calling this whole thing disgusting. And it's like, girl, okay. You have the same questions that everybody else does. But now it's disgusting because they think it. That, that, that's And that's why I don't care, right? <laughs> everybody goes to lunch. They meet up after the tastings and the shopping. So Nega starts talking about her wedding. So she only got married like a year ago. They haven't had their Nigerian wedding. It's only been the American one. And she tells everybody that it's important to Ike to have this Nigerian wedding because he has a title. So she asked, she's asked to explain what that means in her culture. She's like, oh, you know, like it's a distinction. And then she gets kind of shady. Seems like everybody caught it because they're like, okay. <laughs> She says, you know, some people can buy a title these days, but he's got it, like, for real. Like, you could buy it, like, a blue check on Twitter, right? So Karen's like, what's this about buying titles? And so Robin tries to explain to her, it's like, oh, you know how, you know, none of us have checks on Twitter except for you and Mia because you buy a subscription. Karen's like, no, 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 I did not. Everybody's like, yeah, you did. Yes, you did. So Karen says, well, maybe they just like me and they don't like you guys. Maybe that's what it is. So Wendy has to explain to her, Karen, when you go to Twitter and you check the check, it explains how you got the verification. So Karen answered her phone and she reads it. She goes, oh, this was acquired. This account was verified because they subscribed to Twitter. Blue. I did not pay for this. I did not. This is a lie. This is a lie. (laughs) Then Wendy opens up Karen's Apple Pay (laughs) to see the transaction. And Karen just going around screaming around the table, I did not do this. I'm innocent. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I did not do it. Apple Pay did it. Apple Pay did this. I'm going to call Apple Pay. We're going to have a conversation. (laughs) God bless her. She's doing the best she can. Somebody asks Ashley about where is going where are things going with divorcing and Gollum and Ashley lies oh you know we have we have things to work out some logistics like custody because she wants the boys she wants Michael to have the boys every other weekend basically he wants more time probably so he doesn't have to pay her more money right Candace says in a confessional has she even filed for divorce do we even know I understand that this is a man who plucked her from the curb and put her in a condo in the sky, but also, bitch, put your Nikes on and run. Get out of there. So Mia, Mia then tries to get messy and asks Candace what's going on with Michael suing her. And Candace is like, I'm not going to talk about that in this group. So then Robin gets a battery in her back and's like, well, uh, maybe we should have a list of the things that we can and cannot talk about. We do that. And Candace says, no. Let's be dense another day, Robin. You're not dumb. What does that mean? It means it's a legal matter, and you spoke about that when you came to your husband's legal matter last season. Well, that has nothing to do with anything. And then Wendy accuses um Juan of having gotten a Title IX violation when he got sued as part of that lawsuit for that boy who got catfished and extorted, basically. So, blackmailed, really. Um, so, Robin's like, no, no, no. He, there was, Juan did nothing wrong. The reason why the state stood up for Juan is because they knew that everything that he was being accused was bullshit. Like, that's it. Now, Wendy does say, like, Robin, you can't be that naive. Like, don't you think that between the lawsuit and the publicity that he had been getting for the infidelity that maybe as a leader... That sort of trickles down into things, and maybe they didn't want him, so they put him in a Title IX violation, you think? (laughs) Now listen, I'm not, I don't know enough about this to make any claims, but Wendy seemed confident, that's all I can say. So Robin says, yeah, he was not guilty of anything. So shut up, Miss Smarty Pants, because you're obviously just trying to make things worse. Sorry. So after that Ashley tells everybody they got to get ready let's go to chicken shit bingo bingo whatever the hell that is so they're you know back in the car Robin's in the car with Wendy and Candace and Mia I think and she's like you know I don't really want to talk right now because you guys were trying to accuse Juan of something so Candace says well listen I just whatever is going on is going on I just want to say that I don't think that you talking about Juan's situation helped him That's all I'm going to do, which is why I'm not going to talk about my situation on camera. Which, then Robin goes into her little mode. This is the worst thing. This is the worst part of everything that we've been going through. Everybody doesn't know what they're talking about. You guys just want to turn me into the villain, and I didn't do shit to none of y'all. I didn't do shit to none of y'all. Well, good luck. Good luck. I hope you guys saw the mid-season trailer. Ooh, where, um, Mr. Gordon G accuses, uh, Mia of cheating on him for several years. And at one point she says, you're not being fair. And he goes, if you want to be fair, go to a carnival or circus. I don't know what he said, but you know, he's still like that. Woo! Okay, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being patient with me this week. I'm going to try to be back on schedule for the rest of the year. And uh, I can't wait to start the year talking about Natalia Grace. It's going to be a good time. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank me for speaking. Love you. Bye.